finishing up a series called uh, the Dancing with the Star series. Uh, not the stars, but the star. And our whole series is about you and I in relationship with the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, what we've seen uh, misappropriated, in my opinion, over the last however many years it may be, is that, is that people don't understand that the Holy Spirit's a person. He's not some, you know, wind or some ethereal presence out there like you see in the movies or something like that. He is the person of the Holy Spirit. We see him as, we see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so and my attempt in this series was to help you and I be obedient to the passage of Scripture that says, and therefore let us stay in step with the Holy Spirit. So we connected that passage to dancing because as I saw it in my mind's eye to illustrate it to you, I could see us learning to stay in step with the Holy Spirit, because when you're in, uh, dancing with someone, your steps and all the movement of your feet have to be in sync with one another, and there has to be one leader in a, in a, in a, in a couple that's dancing, and, uh, and that's the problem, I think, a lot of times for us, is we don't let the Holy Spirit lead us. We try to tell Him where we want Him to go, what we want Him to do, and, uh, and so we taught you as well, uh, no matter what they told you in vacation Bible school, uh, you know how they told you in vacation Bible school, little buddy... Who lives inside of you now that you've asked Jesus? Jesus lives inside of me. No, he does not, guys. Jesus had died, he resurrected, and is seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And he said, I will send to you the Comforter. Who lives inside of us as Christians is the Holy Spirit. That's who's guiding us, leading us. That's who we're either in, in step with or that's who we're either pushing away. And so what we've been talking about is how to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit, how to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. We've been teaching you guys about his role in our life. And, the, and, and I've been challenging you that I apologize on behalf of whatever messy stuff you've seen in the years past or whatever you saw on television or what you saw misappropriated at some other place that you may have been. The Holy Spirit is our leader. He is the person who will guide you and teach you. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a place, but I'm sending you the comforter. He's the great gift. That was promised in Joel chapter 2. And I will pour out my spirit. It's the gift that Jesus was talking about in Acts chapter 1. He says, he tells his disciples, go and wait for the gift my father promised. The Holy Spirit. And as they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, we see the power that they walk in. We see the, the clarity that they're walking in. And the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding the New Testament church. And here we are 2,000 years later. And because people have misappropriated the person of the Holy Spirit, we're scared of him. We don't know how to interact with him. And the goal with this message, this series, excuse me, was that you and I could embrace him and recognize that we've got to let him lead. And as we stay in step with him, that we'll see the beauty of what God expected for our life as Christians. We'll see it blossom in exactly who we're supposed to be. With that being said, today's teaching, as we close out the series, we're calling it The Big Moves. Dancing with the start, The Big Moves. Will you say that with me? One, two, three. The Big Moves. And so we'll be talking about the, the, the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, in fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, is our key scripture for today. If you'll open your Bibles up, or if you want to just watch on the screen, write it down in your, in, 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 on, your notebook, uh, on your notebook. Uh, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Can we read it together now? In verse 1, and follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So we, we, what we see here is Paul in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he's dealing with messy 
giftings in the, in the church. They're in Corinth. A bunch of Gentiles that have gotten saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they're having these gifts of the Spirit moving, and they're just misappropriating it. It's foolishness and confusion. And so he brings this correction, and then he closes out that passage by saying this, excuse me, in the ver- chapter 14 by saying, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Guys, I want you to know something. It's my heart as your pastor that you would be obedient to this passage and that you would begin to eagerly desire to move in the spiritual gifts. With that being said, as you know, we've been illustrating this teaching uh, with the whole dance thing, and Jamie and I, you know, did some video footage for you to illustrate uh, what it could look like in our, and again, it's an illustration, but learning the big moves, following the Holy Spirit to do the big moves, the big things that he wants to do. So with that being said, how about we show you some footage of Jamie and I learning the big move. Guys, you've come along so far. I'm so excited about everything you've been doing. I think it's time for the big move. Yes! No, not not the big move. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a medium move? Okay. did the medium move so good i think it's time for the big move now yes okay let's do it yes she could spin in the air for that long, did you? It's amazing. Almost like a little doll, how she spins. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Talking about the big moves today, we're going to connect that to uh, the gifts of the Spirit. And so with that being said, what are the big moves or the gifts of the Spirit? We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 11, if you'll read there with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, it says this. It says, now to each one, uh, the manifestation of the Spirit is given... For the common good. Say that with me. The common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another interpretation of tongues. All these, all of these, some of these, all of these... All of these are the work, some of these are the work, all of these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to every person who prays more than everybody else and has never sinned. That's not what it says. Come on, I'm going to set you free here in Jesus' name. And he gives them to each one. How, how many of you are in each one? Come on, you're all in each one. And he gives them to each one just as he 
determined. So let me line these out kind of in a list. There are nine of them listed here. I'm calling them the big moves, but really the scripture calls them the gifts of the spirit. The, the big moves, you don't want to go and say, hey, I was studying the big moves in scripture, and someone's going to be like, what? That's especially to my illustration here. They're called the gifts of the spirit. But let's kind of go through the, the gifts of the spirit real quick. Number one, the first one that's listed here is the word of wisdom. And I kind of help you explain what the word of wisdom is. So the word of wisdom is the Lord will give, some of you operate in this and don't even realize it. Uh, you'll, you'll be sitting with someone and interacting and all of a sudden you'll start sharing something that maybe you haven't even really thought about before or maybe you have some life experience. But when you start sharing it, they go, that's, it. that's exactly what I need to do. That's why some of you went into counseling and things like that because you have probably uh, uh, the, the word of wisdom is probably active in your life as one of, the, one of the spiritual gifts. And you just start giving this wisdom. And there have been times where I've been sharing, someone has shared a need and, and they were in perplexity. And, I, and I'm looking at them and, as, I, and I'm, as I'm looking at them, I start sharing something that I think maybe they should do. And all of a sudden, I feel as though, who is saying this? This is awesome. I need to write this down because literally the Spirit of the Lord giving me a word of wisdom for someone. Here's the next one, and that is the word of knowledge as it's listed here. And we, I would define, and I'll give you a simple definition. The word of knowledge would be not something that you have understanding of or a knowledge of that, they, that, they, that you shouldn't have. In other words, you wouldn't have known this outside of the Spirit of the Lord revealing it to you. And so a word of knowledge, I've seen this one misappropriated over the years. You see the media has picked up on this one, the movies, when they're making fun of preachers and hallelujah, somebody standing here and you've got a tumor in your left ear and that that what that would have been was a word of knowledge seeing something knowing something having knowledge of something that you wouldn't have known in and of yourself but the lord reveals it to you and i i've moved in that and each and every one of you can move in those as well and let me just qualify before i go any further i believe all of these nine gifts of the spirit are according to the need of the situation that you're ministering in some people would teach it that no everyone gets one or maybe two and uh, but you can't have the rest i don't believe that at all because I personally have moved in every one of them yet I'm not a prophet and but yet I prophesy and the reason I believe that is is because there are gifts for the common good when people are in need we need the gift of God to do something to help them and I'm the only one standing there I don't have a prophet so let me prophesy as the Lord shows me and gives me that to me and the reason I believe that is the case is so that each and every person can be ministered to and so I do believe that just like in a in, in the dance illustration that there are certain moves that you're more comfortable with and that you'll have a tendency to do I think that some of you have more of a bend maybe to prophecy or healing or something like that but that doesn't mean that you're limited to that that's the point I want to make so word of knowledge the second one that we listed here in or the scripture list number three is uh, sorry number three is faith uh, I served with a pastor that had a gift of faith it was unbelievable I'm not talking about faith to just believe for everyday things I'm talking about the supernatural faith that he would operate in and we would look at each other and go we can do it as he began to say what God was showing him and this faith thing would just it just over overtake us all and we're like yes the the problem with that gift if, if you're not careful with it is you'll become a manipulator and uh, we even see i believe that gifts and colleagues are irrevocable according to scripture according to romans chapter 13 and so what you will see is people who have walked away from the lord and become a cultic and you say how can they get all these people to follow them probably because that gift of faith is stirring and manipulating other people and it has been manipulated but yet it is still a gift that's active in their life and so we see faith is this thing that just kind of causes you to say we can do this or god is saying this and we can overcome 
overcome this thing. It's an amazing gift. And like I said, I, I, I don't operate with that one as much. I'm, I'm probably a little too practical and have to repent more about that. But this gift, when, it, when I am operating in it, is a really cool thing to experience to have just, we can do this. I know there's no way on God's green earth that it seems possible, but God can do it, and he will do it. It's what, it's, it, you know, it's basically, you know, you see Gideon, you know, like, okay, Lord, crash the things, blow the trumpet, and they're all going to kill each other. Okay, well, let's, let's do that. We see that kind of gift of faith. Here's a third, uh, fourth, excuse me, of the, big, of the gifts that are listening. That is the gift of healing. Um, and, and what I love about that self-explanatory and praying for people and they get healed. Um, I, I love that gift uh, being operating, especially in our church. You'll see that, that that operates here in our services, that operates in our small groups. And, and we believe each and every one of you can pray for people and they can get healed. Beautiful gift. How about the next one? And that is number five of the nine gifts. And that is working of miracles. And I would, I would define that as um, it's just simply that. Something supernatural happening that you... It doesn't work in the normal natural realm. Uh, you know, you've seen, you know, news reports, you know, and a lady's a car backed over a lady's uh, son today, and he was stuck under, the two-year-old was stuck under the tire, and this 103-pound woman picked up the car and removed her child from it. It's crazy. Back to you, Bill. And, you know, as they go to her, she's like, it's just God. I don't know how it happened. God just did it. And, and, and the reason that is is because that, 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 that's a miracle. That is a miracle, and it's, many of us have experienced miracles and the workings of those miracles. I believe that we should be operating in that on a day-to-day basis. Come on, somebody. And I believe you will as you grow in your faith and you mature and trust the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. How about this next one? And that is number six, and that is the gift of prophecy. That's probably the more commonplace one that we see in the body of believers. And prophecy is simply, is simply defined as a speaking on behalf of the Lord. Uh, the Lord speaking, I, I picture it like this, um, I'm, I'm on the cell phone, the speaker, I can hear the person speaking, and on the other end is Jesus speaking, and you're the speaker. And so the Lord will tell you something, and it will speak through you into my ear so I can hear it. And so that's what prophecy, kind of how I picture it many times, is, is the Lord will give me something, I'll speak it, and I feel like the Lord would have me tell you this, and I think that's what he's saying, and, and it's, it's prophetic. Now, the, the next one would be number seven. As listed is discernment. And discernment is this ability, this sense from the Lord to, to know what's happening that no one else is seeing. That person being manipulative. I discern that person is being pushed by a spirit uh, of perversion or anger or violence is uh, downrooted in there that no one else. Well, no, I think he's a nice guy. No, I think he's manipulative. I, I think I see. And that, that gift, some of you, uh, you know, uh, you didn't even realize that was discernment. That you were, you just thought, man, I just have this way of telling things. I can just sense things. The problem with this gift that I've seen, especially in the body of Christ, is people with discernment, many times they'll then become critical and judgmental and start and start gossiping and slandering about people. They don't mean to, but because they think they can see something, then they'll start saying, hey, we just need to pray for her. I think she's a Jezebel. I think she's here to come. She's trying to get all the fellas and my husband's one of them. And in the name of Jesus, I just tell you right now, we're not going to let her do that. Actually, I believe the gift of discernment comes with a gift of intercession. I believe you should be an intercessor. And, uh, and then I believe that the elders and the leaders should really walk in discernment so that they can rightfully care for the body of Christ and know what uh, wolves are trying to get in and hurt the sheep and things like that. So that gift is very critical to my position as lead pastor. And then the last two are some of the most argumentative pieces in, in denominational life and people, you know, in theology and all this kind of stuff. And that is uh, uh, the, the, the prophetic tongue and then the interpretation of the prophetic tongue. Now, again, if you remember, this listing is for the common good of the body of Christ. I teach and uh, all over the world and done a lot of research and a lot of personal experience 
experience. And I teach very, what I see in Scripture very clearly, that there's a difference between prophetic tongues and our personal prayer language. That the Lord would give us a personal prayer language to interact with Him. And, uh, and then there's a prophetic tongue. And the reason why there's a prophetic tongue, it, the two differences is the audience. When I'm praying in the Spirit or in other tongues, I'm praying to who? To God. But when I prophesy or have a prophetic tongue, who am I speaking to? The people on behalf of God. And so in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul is cleaning up this mess. Because let me give you a mental picture of what they were doing. Here's these Gentile, these pagans who've gotten saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they, now they've got all these gifts. And it's like a two-year-old with a bazooka. I mean, they're just blowing holes in everything. And, and, and so their services look like this. All of a sudden, they're in the middle of worship, and all of a sudden, somebody goes, over here goes, And then all of a sudden, the woman over here goes, And then all of a sudden, someone goes, And they're having these, these tongue things happening. And people are all standing around like, what are they saying? I have no idea. What do we do? Get out of here quick. That's what I think we need to do. And that's the experience that they're having. And Paul says, you bunch of dummies. I mean, again, two-year-olds with bazookas. <laughs> you know, that's what they're doing. And so Paul says, let me give, bring some correction to this. If you're going to prophesy, if you're going to have a tongue, you better doggone have an interpretation. Because nobody in the room knows what you're talking about. You're confusing people. Yeah, they know that God is there and he's like moving through you. But they don't, it doesn't edify them, doesn't help them, doesn't do anything. So you know what? If you're going to do that in the gathering of believers... Common good. If you're going to do that, then you better doggone have an interpretation. And let, not only that, but there better not be more than two or three because it's too much confusion. And so that's what 1 Corinthians 14 is all about. What you get some of my denominational friends, no, no, see, tongues are done away with. He said he'd rather us prophesy than pray in tongues. That's not at all what he's talking about. He's talking about the, gather, the audience, the gathering of believers, and the prophetic thing that comes forth, and there should be an interpretation so that we can all understand the download that God just gave you and you spoke to us prophetically uh, in a tongue, now we need to have an, a language that we understand so we can, that we can be edified and we can grow from it. That has nothing to do, in my opinion, from uh, your personal prayer language. And the beauty, I, I believe, I pray in other tongues. I, I pray for every one of you to, to, to receive that and, and, and have that interaction. At the same time, that is not a qualification for heaven. Somebody else say amen. Whether you pray in tongues or not, you just listen, it'll strengthen you, like the Bible says, and pray in the Spirit, building yourself up in your most holy faith. I, I ask the Lord every day for you to have that, because I know what the strength that it'll give you, but at the same time, for those of you that are insecure and had some bad experiences, don't know if you really believe that, praise God, who cares? We're going to heaven, let's go, let's go chase after Jesus. So with that being said, let me give you a couple of biblical truths about the gifts of the Spirit or the big moves. Let me give you a couple of biblical truths. Write these down, I think they'll help you. Number one. You were created to do the big moves. Somebody ought to shout amen right there. This is kind of my life message. This is what I've traveled the world teaching people. This is the, I'm so stoked to get to minister this in our own home church so that each and every one of you can understand you were created to do the big moves. Christianity is miserable if all you're trying to do is not trip up the dance step and try not to bump into somebody else. If your whole thing and being in step with the Holy Spirit is so that you don't accidentally sin so that you can be a good person and not a bad person, you are a miserable Christian. I'm telling you, you're going to be miserable. I'm not saying you are miserable like my grandma. You're a miserable individual. That's not what I meant. I meant you will be miserable. It will be frustrating to you because the whole beauty of having the Spirit of the Lord be in us and lead us and to guide us is when the supernatural cool big things happen. I'm telling you, when you say, there's no way I could have done that. I don't know how. I, I just was praying for you, and that, and that tumor just sh shrank under my, oh, my goodness. 
uh, he is God, he's God. I mean, it's the most amazing experience when you and I trust the Holy Spirit with the big move. So what we illustrated in that video was very, per- was very pertinent to what I'm trying to teach you. There's this moment where you and I, the coach looks at us and he says, listen, you've got to trust the Holy Spirit, the leader of this dance You've got to trust him to let him take you to the next level. Because all you're doing right now is just two-step. And that's awesome. And I'm glad you're getting a good relationship. But there's something bigger and more explosive that I want to see happen so that the world will know that I am God. When they see you being like my son Jesus, they will know that I am God. That's the whole reason for the supernatural, that the world may know that he is the living God. And so the first thing that you and I have to know is that God created you. You are created for the big moves. Let me give you a passage of scripture for that. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs, everybody say signs. So we're talking about miraculous signs. These signs will accompany those who believe. If you're a believer in this place, say me. Okay, five of you. Let's try it one more time. If you're a believer in this place, say me. Okay, Bill. So this is what it says. These signs will accompany you, Bill, Jill, Susan, Lisa, whoever. In my name... John, you will drive out demons, you will speak in new tongues if they pick up any snakes with their hands. And again, this isn't so you create a snake handling ministry. Uh, what this is talking about, if anything deadly or harmful comes against you, it won't hurt you. That's, that's the illustration there. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. If... You love the Lord, which is you, and you are filled with the Spirit, which you are because you became a Christian. These signs will accompany those who believe. This is what you and I are supposed to be living in. No wonder our grandkids don't want to serve God because they see dead Christianity. Seriously. No wonder so many people in the world are like, dude, wait a minute. You drink as much as I drink. Your marriage is just as messed up as my marriage is. Your kids hate you. You're miserable at work. Why do you go to church every Sunday and think I want to go do that? I sleep in, sucker. I'm playing golf. You're just, why? Because we have never really come in step with the Holy Spirit to the place even where we get to the big moves where we see the supernatural. Because when they see that active in our life, they'll go, that's the God of heaven and earth that I want to serve. That's ministering through you. So number one, you were created for this. Isn't that good? Say yes. First John 3, 8 says it like this. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of of the devil. Cancer is the work of a devil. I'm telling you. Confusion about sexuality is the work of a devil. Jesus came to destroy that. There's no reason for 11 year olds trying to figure out what body parts to, to, to lop off. It's that this confusion. Jesus made you beautiful, bro. He made you beautiful. That's a work of an enemy. And the reason Jesus came was to destroy the demonic forces that are trying to kill us and harm us and destroy us and push us away from the God who created us and loved us. And friend, you and I, Jesus said the same thing that you saw me doing, greater works than these shall ye do. We're supposed to take up that baton as Jesus died resurrected. We get the baton filled with the Holy Spirit and we should keep doing what he was doing. That's the goal of Christianity. And that's good. You were created for this, man. I'm so sorry that goofy people manipulated the situation. And so now you're apprehensive because you don't want to be weird and you don't want to be wrong and you don't want to be a manipulator. I'm so sorry that they created that and that's in the back of your mind. But friend, it's time to get past that and stay in step with the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit lined out in the scriptures. Go find him for yourself. Here's the second truth that I would teach you, biblical truth, and that is he will increase you according to your trust level. 
he will increase you. In other words, you say, Pastor, I'm right now, I'm just trying to even believe the Bible is real. And much less pray for people that are sick and thinking that they're going to get healed. Friend, he will increase you according to your trust level. The more you trust him, the more he will, he, he will take you to the next step. Uh, what I love about my, our dance instructor, he did not get us. In, he taught us swing dance this week. You know what it was? It was one, two, rock forward. One, two, rock forward. A couple of people who've been doing swing lessons, they were in there. Woo! Woo! We were all like, uh, one, two, nine, four. Because they're like, man, I ain't ready for that. I'm going I'm to end up you know, having to go to chiropractor if I try that right now. Jamie is going to kill me when I drop her head on the concrete. I'm not ready for that. And that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. He will, he will only move you as you give more trust to him and more trust. He's not going to put you in a situation and, and say, right now, heal this person. Raise them from the dead. You're at a funeral and they're standing over the body. He's like, now, raise them from the dead. And you're like, uh-uh, uh-uh. I haven't even prayed for a sick person yet. He's going to only, I'm telling you, he's only going to increase you according to your trust level. Just trust him. We, listen, we see this in the life of Peter. Peter, I mean, Jesus picked a whole bunch of knotheads. That gives me, that gives me hope. I mean, stu- study the life of Peter. Peter is this guy. He is constantly making a mess of everything. And Peter, I mean, we see him at the end of the Gospels cursing out this little girl. I'm telling you, blank and blank and beep, I do not know him. And then the rooster, like, oh, snap. He said I was going to do that. And then you fast forward just weeks, guys. I'm talking weeks. We're not talking about years. Weeks later, he's been baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's learning the dance moves. And by the time you get to Acts chapter 5, it says, and Peter's shadows are healing people. His shadow is healing people. If my shadow was healing people, I'd be carrying a big old mag light. Get you some, baby, right there. Yeah, look at that. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy, man. I mean, listen, I'd be all over the news. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, my shadow, the healing shadow of McCain Ministries. That's right. We're taking donations right now because I need a bigger light. And I'm going to need, I'm gonna need some more sunscreen because I'm getting blisters because I'm healing so many people. You know how we end up in stupidity. I mean, this guy's shadow is healing people. Why? It increased according to as he trusted. He trusted, increased. Listen, big moves. But he's not going to push you past where you'll trust him. Because, and this is what I've been teaching you through this whole series. The Lord our God, as well as the Lord the Holy Spirit, will not force his will over your will. And when you see people doing that, pushing you down. See, that ain't the Lord. The Lord didn't need to push me down and do something in me. He's not going to force his will. That's the beauty of this love relationship. He woos me to himself. He doesn't force me to himself. That's the beauty of a love relationship. Here's the next thing that I would teach you in biblical pieces that I understand in Scripture, and that is, number three, it's always the big moves, the spiritual gifts are always for the good of others. They're always for the good of others, guys. This is where, where you see, you've seen it misappropriated because you could tell this person, it was about them. Hallelujah, brother. Lift your hands. Here it comes. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on. That's good, wasn't it? You want some more? No, I'm all right. I'm good, bro. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Why? Because it was about their good. It was about their own interest, their selfish ambition, their desire to have a ministry, their desire to be elevated, their desire to, you know, be sought after opposed to the common good. We read that. That was the opening part of the verse that we read today. For the common good, 1 Corinthians 12 there. 
verse 7, for the common good, for the good of those who are hurting, those in need. Years ago, I was doing a big conference in Mexico, and we were in Mexico City, and there's about 10,000 people in, in this little small stadium thing, and, and I was ministering, and they'd give me 30 minutes, uh, excuse me, they gave me an hour, and then there was going to be a person behind me ministering, so, you know, so I preached for 30 minutes, and I called just the leaders down. I was just going to pray for the leaders and then have them pray for the rest of the people in the stadium. And the leaders came down. I started laying hands on them. Well, they kept growing. It started with like 500 people. By the end of it, it was like 2,000 leaders. So I'm laying hands on them, and I'm telling the gifts of the Lord. I mean, the big moves are happening. I'm prophesying. I, people are getting healed. Ears are popping open. The guy's translating for me, and I'm laying hands. People are falling down. I'm like, why are you falling down? Man, every time I fall down, I can't pray for him. Get back up. You know, pick him back up. Hallelujah. Pick him back up. More. Hallelujah. Who did this for you? Jesus. Hallelujah. And so I'm praying for him, and things are happening, and, things, and prophecies, and people are weeping. God's just moving. And man, I don't realize it, but it's gone an hour and a half. The other dude lost his time slot, and, and they're like, like, Pastor, you have to finish. You have to stop. Someone else have to preach now. I'm like, you stop it. I'm trying to stop it. And, by, you know, and I realize why Benny Hinn and all of them just blow on people. It's tiring to lay hands on a lot of people. I'm just telling you. I, I figured out he's hungry, so he's like, stand up, hallelujah. <laughs> all right, let's go to lunch, hallelujah. <laughs> I, figured, I figured out why those guys do that. I'm going to tell you right now, you guys ministering in India, I know what y'all doing. Y'all like, look, we got to get some curry. And so, but what... But, man, I'm, I'm not. I'm individually laying hands on all of it. Man, I'm exhausted. After an hour and a half, I'm like, <sighs> hope it works for you, bro. Okay, next one. And so by the end of it, they're, like, grabbing me, and they're like, oh, Pastor, are we going to bring you this way? And so they bring me down this back corridor of the stadium, you know, and, and there's that moment. I'm in this, like, dark corridor heading, and they will, you know, Pastor, you have to come and do an interview with Telemundo. And so I'm on my way to do Telemundo, and, and so I'm walking down the corridor, and it's that moment for you guys, you guys that are over 40. You remember, you remember the Coca-Cola commercial with the little kid in the little, as the football player comes off the field, you know, and have a, and he gives him a, 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 was a, who was it? It was one of, anyway, gives him a coca-cola and he says thanks kid and he throws him his jersey it was that moment sorry for you millennials looking up on youtube anyway so and so i'm walking down the hallway and i see this guy he's in a wheelchair and there's this other guy pushing him and and uh, and as i'm as i'm getting closer to him i hear the spirit of the lord say pray for him to be healed pray him out of that wheelchair i'm like dang no way like, if he wanted to be healed, he should have been in the service, doggone. We ain't doing no back room. The glory has gone. The glory has lifted and is out the door. All I want is Telemundo and some quesadillas. I mean, I'm ready to get on to the back. I don't feel like praying for anybody. I'm coming down off the anointing. I'm frustrated. I'm ticked off. He's getting closer, and this guy's pushing him, and this guy's sitting there in the wheelchair like that. And as we get closer, this is the tallest Mexican I've ever been around. He is as tall as me, and he's sitting in a wheelchair. The reason I preach in Mexico and Japan is because I'm taller than all those guys. That's why I do it. Online people, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please don't post that. And so, I'm being silly. And so, and so as I get closer, I hear the Spirit of the Lord, pray for him. Pray for him. I'm like, no, no, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. As I get right up to him, I'm like, ah. And I said, excuse me. And the guy comes over to translate with me. And uh, I said, what seems to be the matter with this guy? And so, and so I said, ask him what's the matter. And so he goes, I'm like, dude, just ask him what's the matter. What are you doing? Don't re-preach my message. And, uh, and so the little guy pushed him and goes, uh, you know, and back and forth. And so I said, uh, I said, what did he say? He said, oh, pastor, pastor, he's so bad. I said, what is he? He said, oh, pastor. He said, this man, he's the only one in his family with a job. 
He has 10 people living in his little house. He said he was in a terrible work accident. And he, it crushed his ribs. And his ribs are puncturing his lung. He cannot stand up, Pastor. If he stands up, the blood feels into his lungs. And he, and he passes out. He's going to die, Pastor. He needs a miracle. Hey, Pastor, he has no money to go to the hospital, Pastor. He has nothing. He needs a miracle, Pastor. You, you have to do something, Pastor. <laughs> I'm like, Dang, because they putting all the pressure on me. Like, you know, like, I'm not Jesus. I don't even feel good right now. I mean, I'm not, I'm a bad representation of Jesus right now, bro. I'm like, okay, man, for the common good. It's not a matter how I feel right now. That man's in trouble for the common good. That gift is needed not so I can have a traveling healing ministry. The man needs to be healed because there's no other way for the common good. This is the mistake with the spiritual gifts, is that we all want credit. This is for the common good. We're on a back hallway. No one's going to write my name in big lights. No one's gonna, that man's never going to know my name properly because he doesn't speak English and I don't speak Spanish. And so I said, okay, tell him I'm going to lay hands on him. And he goes, and the guy's just looking at me. I said, listen, I want you to ask his permission because he's a big dude. And I, he might have cracked ribs on that side, but that, other, that right hand's just fine. I don't want him breaking my nose. Because, you know, I'm going to touch him, and he's going, oh, pow. You know, I don't want that. I want, to, want you to talk to him. He goes, okay, pastor, I ask permission. Good Lord, don't give him a sermon. Ask his permission. And so he, da, 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 da. The guy goes, see. <laughs> like, well, don't get excited or nothing. I mean, I guess you don't care who Adam McCain is either. All right, here we go. And so I go to reach over there, and I reach right past, right under his arm. And right there under those, right, right under his arm, right on those ribs. And guys, I would love to tell you I felt the glory. I didn't feel nothing. I'd love to tell you that I had the word of faith. Jesus. I had nothing. I was like, Lord, this dude's messed up. And I don't have any way to help him. And Jesus, I don't, I don't know how you're going to do this, but it ain't right that this man's family's going to starve to death. He's the only one who has a job. And now he's doesn't have a job and he can't work and God if he stands up he's going to bleed to death he needs a miracle God please heal him right now in Jesus name and as soon as I said in Jesus name all of a sudden under the skin stuff started moving you seen those sci-fi commercials when the worms are up under the skin that's what I was like I pulled back my head I looked at him he looked at me I looked at him he looked at me I looked at the translator. He said, Pastor, what happened? I said, dude, I think he just got healed. He goes, oh. And the little guy pushing him, he goes, oh, glory on the earth, glory on the earth, fuego del Espíritu Santo. He's running around. And I'm standing, and meanwhile, the guy's just sitting there. I said, bro, bro, tell him I think he just got healed. He goes, the guy goes, see. Like, <laughs> junk is moving in there. I mean, like, either you got demons or you just got healed. I don't know what's happening in there, but I need to find out because this, this is like X-Files stuff. Like, I'm, I'm all in it. And I'm like, dude, ask him if he can stand up. He goes, he goes, see. And all of a sudden, he stands up. He's standing there, and I'm looking up at him. He goes, Glory and he starts running around. I was like, yes! Let me tell you something. That happened probably eight years ago. I'm still telling the story. Why? Because those big moves, man. 
Come on. Some of you still telling the same story from high school. Yeah, baby. They handed me the ball. 25 guys. The whole team came out to kit me. I mean, it was 25 defenders. I thought there was only 11. No, no, no. This was crazy teams out in the country. I fought them all off, and I dove over the line. I'm the hero. That's why my picture's in the yearbook right there. You're still talking about that big move. Can I tell you something? It's the big moves. It's giving that glory. But it has to be for the good of others, not for the good of yourself. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about, about hurting people. Isn't that good? Say yes. Here, here's another biblical truth that you need to grab a hold to, and that is, number four, it should always be motivated by love. By love should always be motivated by love. When Paul is dealing with all this foolishness in the book of Corinthians, he closes it out and starts talking about, about the love. He says it's all about love, loving others and helping others and caring about others. And it should be motivated by love, not motivated by, by, by you're trying to figure out the dance step and all that. It's motivated by love. This person, I love them. I love them. They have to see something happen here. I was at a... I was doing a men's uh, retreat years ago, and we came to the end of the retreat, and we're all sitting outside at, you know, picnic tables, eating lunch, and that kind of stuff. We're about to go pack up. And I'm sitting there, there's four or five guys sitting around this table, and the guy kind of sitting across from me, you know, he's being real lighthearted. All of a sudden, I get a word from the Lord, a word of knowledge. And I'm like, oh, dear God. And my heart starts breaking for this man. Good-looking man, strong man. And... Uh, so everybody goes to get up to go pack up the stuff, and everybody's starting to get up. Hey, I said, hey, man, could you wait a second? He goes, yeah, what? what's up, Pastor? I wait till they all walk off, because I love him. I said, bro, I just, man, I feel like the Lord gave me a word of knowledge for you and to pray for you. He said, what's up? I said, I felt like the Lord showed me that you've been struggling with same-sex attractions. He gets big tears in his eyes. He starts shrinking down like a turtle down in the shell. I said, hey, sin is sin. Heterosexual sin, homosexual sin, it's all sin. The Lord told me to tell you. He loves you. The Lord told me to tell you. And I started telling him, when you were seven years old, this happened to you. And it brought confusion. And even though you're in this heterosexual relationship, you're having this problem. As I'm just sharing that with him, as I feel like the Lord is showing it to me, word of knowledge, he starts boohooing uncontrollably. And he looks up at me, he says, Pastor, nobody knows this. He said, I came to this retreat thing with this hidden stuff inside of me. And I said, God, if you don't fix me, he said, then you're not real. He said, Pastor, everybody's preached. We've done all the breakout sessions. And nothing, nothing, nothing's happened for me. Here we are about to leave. You say this to me. I know God's real and I know God's got my back. I haven't been acting on that sin lately. I really have felt a draw back to same-sex attractions. And guys, when I prayed for him, the love of the Father came through me, and the, that man embraced me like a dad, and you could feel the healing power of God going down deep into his, what, what therapists can't do, what, what, what the 50s with their electrolysis to try to shock it out of their brain couldn't do, what Dr. Field can't do and Oprah couldn't do, God did in a moment because of my love for this man. I just loved him like Christ loves me. I just loved him. I, just, I didn't have any shame to throw on him. I was trying to help him strip away the shame so he could get to real healing. 
It was one of the most powerful moments of my life. The motivation has to be love. You see these people even preaching. And even, and even in correction and rebuke, it should be from a place of love. How much more the gifts of God should be motivated from the gift of love, from the place of love. And I really care about you. Here's the last piece that I would teach in trying to hurry up so you can get your kids. Number five, and that is that the gifts of the Spirit or the big moves should be orderly within the gathering of believers. There should be order. The Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep in the book of Genesis and the chaos of a world that wasn't built out yet and brought order to it. The Holy Spirit is order. So when you see these people blaming on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit made me do all that. No. No, there's order. I'm not saying that there won't be shaking. We see the Quakers shaking. I'm not saying there's not slaining in the Spirit, those kind of things. I'm just simply said, saying to you, there will be order. Paul is dealing with that as we were talking about in the 1 Corinthians 14 passage. And look how he closes out 14 as he's rebuking them for all the craziness they're doing in their services. In verse 39 of 14 of Corinthians 1, Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But everything should be done, are you with me? In a fitting and orderly way. I'll read it to you again. But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. You'll notice here in our church, in our gatherings, we pray for the sick, we pray for healing. We, we have this moment that we have set in place for the gifts of God to move. We have put them in a place where it can be done orderly. And you'll see, we start praying for you. I have other people, we just did it today. I said, hey, lift your hand if you want people to come pray with you. And you'll notice that my eyes are not closed as I'm praying. As the lead pastor, what am I doing? I'm watching everything. Why am I watching? Because I'm watching for any kind of foolishness that might could happen and cause you difficulty. I'm watching for anyone who may be out of order, who's trying to take the authority for themselves and not just ministering out of love, but are trying to draw attention to themselves. Oh, glory, I just say to you. Hey, go stop them. Because they're drawing all the attention to themselves and not ministering to the need of that person. Why, it should be done orderly. Some of you have been in experiences where it was just out of order. It's confusion. It's chaos. I've been in those environments. And, and, and the Holy Spirit is the God of order. And he brings, it, he brings order. Into, and that's what Paul's saying. Look, this stuff should be done orderly and properly. There should be a proper way of doing and ministering. Same thing in our small groups. You'll see people sometimes in our small groups, they think they've got the gift. They've got the gift to tell everybody what to do. They get in there and start saying this, that, and the other. And you know that they're out of order because the order of the place is there's a small group leader. And if they won't surrender their prophetic word to the small group leader. I was in a, I was in a big conference. And, uh, and they did not believe in prophecy. And I knew they didn't. But they had me come speak. Like, what were y'all thinking? And uh, so I'm sitting, and I mean, I start getting downloads from heaven. And so... I walk over to the man in charge. I'm about to be the guest speaker. I'm about to go up on the stage. I'll have the mic. I will ha- we'll have been given full credence to do whatever I want to do. But I know that that's not the order the way they handle things. So I walk over to the director over the whole event. And I said, sir, I know um, how you function a little bit. I feel like the Lord gave me a word. And I don't know what to do with that. I want to submit that to you. Here's what I feel like the Lord is saying for the believers would you rather me not say that? Would you rather me to kind of say it somehow in my message? Or would you like me to stand here and give that prophetic utterance? What would you like me to do? 
He said, you know what, that's not really how we operate here, so I'd rather you just hold on to that. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, he missed God. Well, that's between him and Jesus. There's an order, and I'm submitted to that order. And that orderly, that's where you see the confusion. Can I tell you something? This is a safe place for you to learn to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. This is a safe place for you to try out your big moves and to be in a place of comfort, a place of safety, because each and every one of you were created to move in the supernatural. And these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. Miracles are going to have signs and wonders are going to follow you. God's going to do great things through you. Touch the hurting and the lost in the local body of believers for the common good and all of us being built up for the day of redemption each and every one of us caring for one another and then when we're out on the streets and walmart shopping and going forth for our business he's going to give you downloads for people you're going to speak to them you're going to see them get healed and they're going to say there is a god in heaven there is a real jesus and that power that's flowing through you i want that god in my life friend this is what the world is hungering for this is what they're losing they're losing out on and they can't get the therapist to help them enough and they can't get enough they can't get enough research to fit fix all the diseases that are killing everybody but we the church have the gifts of God and what we've done is that I'm insecure about them I'm not comfortable with them so I am because people have misappropriated I'm just gonna like I want to be in step with you Holy Spirit but I don't want to do the big moves and he will not force his will on you but it's time for us to arise it's time for us to be the body of Christ and all of the glory and Jesus said like this greater works than what you saw me do will you do What was supposed to happen was Jesus died, he resurrected, and we were supposed to take the baton, the baton, fill with the Holy Spirit, and keep going, and keep doing the same things that he did. And somehow, over the last 2,000 years, and I believe it's because the Holy Spirit's been misappropriated, misrepresented, because of that, we now have real timid, we're apprehensive Christians, we just want to come, we want to hear a good word, we want to be a better person, but friend, can I tell you something? When power is allowed to flow through you to help the hurting people of the world, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. When you actually love people enough to say, I have a gift of healing that I have access to. I'm not really sure how to use it yet because I'm still learning, but I'm willing to pray for you. That's what it is for me. I don't have it all figured out yet. I don't know why some get healed and some don't get healed. I've got good teaching on it. You have to hear that later. We don't have time today. But, but I don't have it all figured out. All I know is that these gifts are for us. And he brought those to us so that we could change the world. Would you stand with me all across the room? You guys have been awesome today. And I hope this series has helped you. My goal in this series is that you and I could come and step with the Holy Spirit, that we could walk with him, and that we could move with him, and that you would embrace him. I want you to do me a favor. Hopefully you're settled. Go ahead and put your purses down, your notebooks down, your spouses down. And let's just concentrate on the Lord for just a moment. Would you... Close your eyes with me for just a moment. And I ask you to do that just to create a a safe place. That's why we do it. Just close your eyes and bow your heads right where you're at. And I would ask you to do something very specific. I would ask you to speak these words to the Holy Spirit. Help me trust you. Would you do that under your breath? Would you make that your prayer? Help me trust you. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your sons and daughters would embrace your Holy Spirit, the greatest gift you could have given humanity outside of the precious blood of Jesus for the body of Christ to have the power of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit leading us 
and guiding us all our days. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Would you just say that? I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Would you welcome him to lead you and to guide you? Would you welcome him? Would you ask him for his gifts? Would you ask him right now, say, I know you have them. Would you help me have them? Would you help me move in them? If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, would you ask him to baptize you? If you want a prayer language, would you ask him, say, I want a prayer language for me and you to communicate on a different level. Ask him for that. We teach more about that in our encounter retreat, so there's more teaching, so you can learn and grow in that. Holy Spirit, we just give you free reign. Would you help us with our fears and our apprehensions, our insecurities? Would you free us from the selfish ambition that keeps us from loving people to the place where we can help them? Lord, I ask you now, may this church be a church that moves in the big moves, the gifts of the Spirit, orderly and properly, done, done in a good way to help others for the common good. Oh, with peace and joy leading us in the whole process, the gifts and the fruits working together. Kindness, gentleness, working with prophecy, words of knowledge, being wrapped in the gentleness of the Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for the precious gift of the person of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and lead us. Teach us the big moves. We put our trust and we rely on you. If you just keep your head bowed for just a moment, I want to call out to anyone that would say, Pastor, i got to be honest with you. What you were saying today is really, it's really impactful. But if I were to, to be brutally honest, I'm not a Christian. So I don't really think I can apply those things because I'm not even sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I don't really, I can't say that I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Maybe you would say, well, Pastor, back in the day I did make Jesus my Lord, but I've kind of walked away from him. And, uh, and I need to come home. Friend, if either one of those two represents you, I have good news. Jesus has got his arms stretched out wide, waiting for you to respond to his love. He's wooing you. He's calling to you. Say, come back to me or come to me. He'll fill you with his Holy Spirit. He'll cleanse you from the sin that just permeates your life. With no one looking around, if I'm speaking to you, say, Pastor, that's me. It's time. It's time for me to get right with God. With no one looking around, would you just lift your hand right where you're at and say, that's me. Identify yourself. I'm not going to embarrass you. God bless you. Thank you so much. I'm not going to call you forward or humiliate you. I just want to pray with you right where you're standing. God bless you, sir. Thank you, man. You can put your hand back. Thank you, sir. You can put your hand back there. I saw it. Anyone else? No one's looking around. It's me, you, and Jesus. All of heaven is sitting on the edge of their seats wondering, will she push God away again this time? The angels are sitting there. No, this time he's going to respond. Friend, don't push the Lord away. This is your moment. You sense him, you feel him, he's tugging at your heart. Respond. Anyone else? I'll give you about three more seconds. Thank you, sweet love. You put your hand down. Anyone else? Pray for me, Pastor. It's time. Amen. Been a number of hands. You put them back down. Now I'm going to lead you in a prayer of repentance. Asking the Lord to forgive you. Asking the Lord to help you. There's nothing special about the words we're about to pray. What's supernatural is that you lifted your hand, you responded to the Lord. And so as I lead you in this prayer, I just want you to repeat it with all of your heart. In fact, I'm going to ask everyone in the audience to pray it out loud with you. So let's say it like this. Say, Jesus. No, out loud. Jesus, today I repent of my sin. I recognize I'm a sinner. And I ask you now to forgive me. Cleanse me 
Write my name in your book of life. I declare in front of everyone, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I promise to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed for a moment. Father, I pray for every man and woman who lifted their hand. I pray right now in Jesus' name that they would sense forgiveness. Not the kind that their stepdad does. Well, if you, if you act right for the next six weeks, then maybe I'll forgive you. Not the kind that their second grade teacher gave. It wasn't really forgiveness. It was just kind of like, well, yeah, I'm going to watch and see. No, real forgiveness. Where it's gone. You don't even remember it, the Bible says. Hey, they sense forgiveness right now may shame may shame just kind of wash away like on a rainy day right down the drain and Lord may they feel your embrace and Lord may your peace and your joy like like a, like a warm blanket on a cold night just kind of wrap around them and may they know that they know that you love them and they're forgiven in Jesus name would you grab hands of that person next to you and give me the last 90 seconds and here's what I want to do as the body of Christ Would you be the church with me today? Would you pray for the people on either side of you that they would activate the gifts that the Holy Spirit has brought to them and that each and every one of them would begin to, each person on either side of you, would feel, sense, and enjoy the big moves of heaven. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for each other right now that we would be the church, that, Lord God, the gifts of God, prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Right now, that gift of healing that's laid dormant because someone was intimidated. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. And I say, now is the time. Lord, I pray for the man and woman, Lord God, in this room, Lord Jesus, that has that prophetic thing that's on their life, but they, but they, maybe they missed it one time, so now they're scared. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name, they get right back in step with the Holy Spirit and that the power of God would flow through them and love for hurting people and those who have been broken, Lord God, that love would be poured out, Lord God, and that Through us, oh God, we will brighten a light in this dark world. And the whole world will know that we are Christians, not just by our love, but because we look like Jesus. We act like Jesus and we do what Jesus did. And Father, I thank you that you're going to use the men and women of God of this church to destroy the works of the enemy in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. Cancer will have no root, Lord God, when it comes to these men and women praying for people. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that foolishness, oh God, and disunity and the body of Christ will not have a place because these men and women will walk in discernment and be able to say, no, that's not the Lord. I pray for words of wisdom that our young people, Lord God, will have words of wisdom given to them by the older folks in this, in this church and they'll rightly make decisions on their destiny and their future, oh God. Father, I thank you. Marriages will not be destroyed, Lord God, because people in this room, people in this church will be able to prophesy and say, I see the enemy trying to destroy your marriage and it'll awaken truth in Jesus' name and that, Lord God, our church would be a church that stays in step with the Holy Spirit all of our days in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand?